I'm Dr. Orion Taraband, and this is Psych Hacks, Better Living Through Psychology. And the topic of today's short talk is The Servant Takes the Money. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about one of the most underappreciated consequences of female hypergamy. As you know, female hypergamy is the tendency in women to mate and date up status hierarchies. Basically, women look for men who are bigger, taller, stronger, older, higher status, more successful, higher earning, etc. Essentially, they are looking for men who can improve their quality of life, which functionally allows women to mate and date for gain. Since women treat men the way men treat jobs, they will select the man who represents the best overall offer, however they choose to understand that, from among all the opportunities open to them. On the other hand, men more or less have to resign themselves to mate and date for acceptable loss. If you are a man who wants a woman in your life, you will have to pay in some way. And it's not always with money. In fact, transacting purely with money is one of the cheapest ways of securing access to women. Men have to pay to play. And the value they give up is generally greater than the value they receive in return. And it kind of has to be that way. Otherwise, women couldn't mate or date for gain. That's just simple economics. Now, it's for each man to decide for himself what constitutes acceptable versus unacceptable loss with respects to his intentions and overarching purpose in life. Some women and relationships will be within that band of acceptable loss, and many will not. But that's just the way it is. Now, women generally don't get upset when I talk about their dating behavior in this way. They think, I'm young, I'm beautiful, and I won't have this chance forever. So why shouldn't I try to get as much as I can for as long as I can? And it's hard to disagree with them. On some level, they are behaving rationally within the system of incentives that constitutes the game of dating as it exists in the sexual marketplace today. If I were a woman, I might do the exact same thing. So I'm not judging them for this. It's like, go get that bread. But there is a flip side to this situation that a lot of women fail to appreciate. I alluded to it in the title of this episode. In every culture that has ever existed on this planet, it is the servant that takes the money. It is the servant who gets paid. So if in the vast majority of relationships, the net flow of resources moves from the man to the woman, then in the vast majority of relationships, we should expect the woman to serve the man. And this, of course, has been the case historically. And my point here is that women's historical service to men has more to do with this basic economic principle, which is a consequence of hypergamy, than with, let's say, patriarchal oppression. And this is where women tend to get really quiet. They like the idea of gain, but if they're getting paid, then they're not the employer, are they? So you have a choice, ladies. You can either be the boss or you can get a paycheck, but you can't have it both ways. Relationships are the medium in which value is transacted. And in the sexual marketplace, men attempt to use resources to secure sexual opportunity, and women attempt to use sexual opportunity to secure resources. However, this is usually not an equal transaction. Due to hypergamy, women tend to benefit more from this exchange than men do. This creates a kind of indebtedness that has historically been paid off in various ways. It is this service 
that women have rendered to men that balanced the scales of the transaction between men and women. It's what made hypergamous relationships a fair trade. Modern women, however, tend to balk at this service, and yet they still maintain their hypergamy. They continue to mate and date for gain. This means that the net flow of resources continues to pass from the man to the woman, which functionally means that the man is just paying to access the sexual opportunity. This basically means that a lot of modern relationships are really just forms of prostitution with extra steps. This might ruffle some feathers. However, I honestly don't know what else to call an arrangement in which resources are exchanged for sexual opportunity. Now, before I go any further, if you're liking what you're hearing, please consider sending this episode to someone who might benefit from its message because it's word of mouth referrals like this that really make the channel grow. You can also hit the thanks button and tip me in proportion to the value you feel you've received from this message. I don't do corporate sponsorships or product placements, so I rely on your support to keep all of this going. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Again, the way out of this situation has historically been for the woman to provide other forms of service to the man that were of use and interest to him. This created a fair trade in a hypergamous relationship in which unequal goods of comparable value were transacted. The issue is that no one really likes to be the servant, even if that is what creates the basis of a fair transaction. Early feminists understood that it was the net flow of resources from the man to the woman that kept women in the service capacity. This is why, say, Virginia Woolf spoke on the importance of money and a room of one's own. Without both, she argued, a woman could not be self-determined. And you know what? She's right. If you want to call the tune, you have to pay the piper. And that's why so much of second wave feminism focused on improving women's material conditions. Without their own money, women would likely forever remain in the servant role. And for the record, I don't have any problem with this. I can sympathize. I wouldn't want to be the servant indefinitely, but I also pay my debts. And service is the pathway out of indebtedness for a man or a woman. Now, fast forward 100 years from Ms. Wolf. Women have their own money and they have their own room. Actually, in most cases, they have the whole house. However, they still date hypergamously. They still mate and date up status hierarchies, though it's becoming harder and harder for them to do so. And this means the net flow of resources still moves from the man to the woman. The issue, of course, is that women bulk at the service that they have historically performed in order to absolve this relative debt. They want to be the boss and they want to collect a paycheck, which doesn't work. This is the economic explanation for why men are dissatisfied with modern relationships, why they say that relationships with women are too expensive, and why the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Because of women's hypergamous tendencies and their unwillingness to serve, relationships are a net benefit to women. The only way women can escape the servant role in an economically justified way is to enter into relationships with men of comparable status and lifestyle. And this is difficult for two main reasons. In the first place, this is difficult because hypergamy runs 
deep. It is hard to give up the desire to get paid. And this is because there is likely a biological component to hypergamy that cannot simply be overridden with cultural programming. Ultimately, women are going to want what they want, not what a given ideology tells them they should want in a certain historical moment. However, it's really one or the other. Give up the paycheck or provide a service desired by the other party of comparable value. And in the second place, it is difficult for women to enter into relationships with men of comparable status because the passage of time tends to affect men and women's status differently. For better or worse, men's status tends to increase and women's status tends to decrease as a function of time. This means that an equal trade at, say, 30 will likely not remain an equal trade at 50. What might have been a fair exchange to begin with becomes increasingly unfair as the years pass, which, if uncorrected, is subject to creating all kinds of difficulty in the relationship. What do you think? Does this fit with your own experience? Let me know in the comments below. And if you've gotten this far, you might as well like this episode and subscribe to this channel. You may also consider becoming a channel member with perks like the priority review of comments or booking a paid consultation. As always, thank you for listening.